I believe we all want a chance to share our story, and we should. Whether our story is being cut off by traffic or uplifting our whole life and moving to the other side of the world, someone out there could be encouraged by it. My name's Paige, and this is Just Another Human Story. All right, we're gonna we'll start off with some some quick fire questions for you. Okay. Uh, what's your name? No, Daryl Webster. Noel Daryl Webster. Yeah. Ooh, Daryl. All right. And what are you what are you currently doing? What are you doing for work? I'm a apprentice mechanic. What do you do for fun, Nolsey? I used to play rugby. Now I just annoy my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I used to play rugby. <laughs> and uh, why do you kind of think you do what you do now? Oh, I do it because I enjoy it. It's the first job I've actually, you know, done that I wanted to do and I enjoy to do, you know. And then that way I can help, you know, my mates. And it's just it's my happy place, I guess, you know. I don't think of it as a job. Yeah. As much as I think of it as just a hobby or, you know, a bit of fun. A bit of fun. Under the, under the hood getting grease all over you. I have no idea what the hell you're doing under there. Mm-hmm. I just smile and wave and try and hold the torch. Yeah, yeah. You don't yell at me, so we know you're not a dad yet. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> not yet. Hopefully soon, though. <laughs> Eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, straight up. <laughs> I'm going to cut that one out. <laughs> you can leave that Before one you right get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think your parents will hear it. <laughs> they do, <laughs> hey. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, <laughs> All right, well, great. Yep, that's a great way for you to say that to a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> way to get it out there. That was Sky City, was about last night. <laughs> um, Alright, man, let's go back. Let's let's get some background on Nolsey. Oh. I'm a, I'm a chubby kid from South Africa. <laughs> um, a bit hard-headed. Just a little bit. Just a little bit Just hard-headed? Little bit, yeah. Hot-headed or just hard-headed? Oh, nah, see, I'm, I'm calm. I can stay calm and I can be calm. But if you catch me in the wrong mood or you've pushed me too much, then it turns hot real quick. Hot real quick. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can take a lot of shit and I can, you know, deal with it. But if you push me to that certain point, then if you've got me there, then you just got to deal with the consequences. You know, it takes me a little bit to get there, but... Once you're there, it's full steam Mack truck. Yeah, yeah. Once, <laughs> once, once there, you got, you know, all 100 and whatever kgs coming at you. <laughs> There's no engine brakes, buddy. No, no, no. <laughs> All right, so South Africa. Whereabouts in South Africa did you come from? 
I, I kind of moved a lot around South Africa. I was born in a little countryside town called uh, Clarksdale. Very country countryside. It's like six hours away from Joburg um, in Pretoria, which a lot of people know. Yeah, I've heard of um, Joburg. I moved then to Joburg after my father passed away. Mm. So my real dad passed away. My mum then moved to Joburg closer to you know my uncle her brother and um her mum my my grandma yep and um we i stayed there for like eight years eight so nine how years old were you? so i was two and my real dad passed away yeah and then we moved to Joburg. i don't know i can't remember most of that ages and then sort of around you know um 10 so we were there for like eight, nine years, 10, 11. My mum met my stepdad, which is, you know, currently still married to. Yeah. Um, and then we moved back to Clarksdale, which he, where he, where he lives, well lived. Oh, so you, you know, went back to where? Where I was born. Six yeah, hours exactly. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went back, we moved back to where I was born. Is that like a homecoming or you just didn't? I see, I didn't. Didn't I, know it when I, you were young. I didn't know when I was young that I was born there. Right. Yeah. So all all Glasgow was for me was my um, grandma and granddad lived there, and my um, auntie and my cousins used to live there. Now that's the only connection I had with that town. Yeah. I never knew I was born there. Had you been back there much to visit the grandparents, or just? Yeah, all the time, all the time. So every every year I would get one summer with my uncle on my mum's side. Yeah. You know, and then. Um, and then another summer, you know, holiday, like school holidays, one with the uncle and then one with my other uncle, which was my dad, my real dad's brother, and my grandparents, because they lived close to each other. Yeah. I used to go see all of them together one summer and then next, you know, one, back. next one back to the other uncle. So you were stuff. familiar with? With the, with the town and all the people there, you know, everyone knew me. Um, yeah. Granted, they knew me as the uncle's son. They didn't, you know, he, he gladly told everyone I was his son. Um, no one actually thought he was my uncle, but yeah, I knew everyone. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. What was home life like growing up? Difficult, man. Like, um, poor. We were very poor. Yeah. Um, because my mum was a single parent, you know, for most of my life anyway, um, you know, I was raised up until 11 years old with three girls in the house, yeah. you know, not, not really a stable father figure in my life. Um, and then, yeah, at 11, I, my mom married, you know, my stepdad and that's the first real father figure I think I had in my life was, was, um, you know, we're constantly there in yeah. the house and, you know, under his roof and his rules and yeah. stuff like that. You know, before that, yes, I had my granddad and my two uncles who, were my father figures they were they were cool and but they weren't around all the time no so like i said i would see the one uncle once yeah. once or twice a year depending you know and the other uncle i'd see uh well when we lived in Joburg, he was close so i used to see him every weekend or so but um go away with him you know once a year stuff like that so not you know it was pretty it's pretty very bad it was very poor up until i think 12 when my 12 or 13, when my mum and stepdad moved to New Zealand, I stayed behind and lived with my mum's brother. The, um, oh, wow. Well, 
Yeah. So you stayed, so your parents moved out here to the sisters. So uh, they took my stepsister with them when yeah. they moved. And then my stepbrother stayed back in Gladstone where he was finishing his high school. Yeah. And I stayed with my uncle um, for three years before I moved to New Zealand back to my parents. So my mum and I were split up for three years and mm. I stayed with my uncle. Did you come visit New Zealand at any no. point? Or, oh, wow. No, so I didn't see my mum for like three years. Um, I only saw them the year before I moved back. It was my, I think, 15th birthday. And my sister's 18th, or no, it was a 21st birthday. Sorry, we six years apart. So it was a 21st, it was my 15th. Yeah. And um, they made a surprise um, appearance. No one knew they were coming. No one knew they were going to be there. So it was a pretty big thing. So she had this whole masquerade party thing. And me and my best mate were running up and down, you know, hanging out with 20-year-olds, like getting, <laughs> getting pissed off our faces um, without the grown-ups knowing, obviously. And then I turned a turned a corner out of the um, out of the, like living room, and my mum was standing there. And I was like, "Well, what? You know?" Does that does that feel good though? It was just full on full on shock at first. It was full on shock. I turned around and walked back the other way. <laughs> <laughs> Seen a ghost? No way, yeah. man. Get out I of here! I was like, "What? I must be on some different stuff right now." These these grown-ups got me um, first day is not I was uh, it was really weird it was a weird experience um, it's the first time I also see my uncle cry you know because it was a sister he hasn't seen her for three years as well and then yeah. all of a sudden bang there she is and we were like what you know my sister was the only one that ran up and went yo yeah I thought I saw a ghost and <laughs> gapped it the other way my mate's like yo is that, is that your mum and I was like yeah. <laughs> I yeah. So. I don't know what she's doing here. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize we invited her. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there she was. Oh. So yeah, no, for like solid years, didn't see my mum, and then saw her, and then yeah, didn't get a choice after that. Uh, I got a call like just after New Year's saying, uh, "7th of Jan, you have to be on the airplane. You're coming to New Zealand," and I was like, "What? Oh, what a great call." Mm. <laughs> no, no, like at first yeah. it was like my whole world and I was like no I don't want to do that stupid idea you know in South Africa I had my whole life planned out so in that three years I lived with my uncle a lot of things changed for me you know I went from being a very poor kid to living in a mansion and a bloody golf estate you know going yeah. to a private school you what know was, what having, was school life like school life in South Africa was hard because I was obviously a, a very chubby kid. Yeah. And um, except for, you know, on the rugby field or, <laughs> you know, in the in the choir room because I was a choir boy, everywhere else I used to, you know, get bullied and get called names. And it was, it was pretty tough because I was, like, a very shy kid as well. But then you, you know? had a couple safe zones. I had my safe zone. So, like, on the rugby field, no one messed with me because, you know, that's where – you know, that's where the that's where the chubby kids go to play. Mate. Exactly, that's where the chubby kids <laughs> strive. You know, they were built for that. Um, and you know, the choir, no one really judged you in the choir. You know, so it was a, it's a, you know, my two safe places, and you know, but school life, school life for me was very bad up until I moved to the private school. Yeah, you know, at the private school, it was still the same, but now I had you know, um, my best friend at that time, um, and. I kind of turned a page where I was like, I'm not going to stand for no one's, you know, shit anymore. I'm going to stand my ground and, 
you know, I was never a fighter either, yeah. but I was in a lot of fights. Let's <laughs> yeah. So my best mate, he was a he was a he was a different breed, man. Very short, very skinny fella, and he was very talkative. He would talk himself into the utmost terrible, you know, situations, and then I would come and have to sort it out. Uh, you know, it was one of those ones. He spoke back to the bullies and was like, "Hey, nosy." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I was lucky because everyone knew me. Um, you know, in that that last three years, because I used to play. Uh, provincial rugby in South Africa, you know. So for my, I was playing a year above me because in South Africa it's age groups. Mm. You know, it's not weight classes. Um, you know, that's why I found real weird. Yeah, you know, over here, I found it weird how you know under eighty fives and you know certain weight classes. You mm. know, you can't you can't play and you can't play in. Whereas in South Africa, you play your age no matter your size. If if you were, you know. So let's say seven years old, but a um, beast, you know. Yeah, bigger than up. bigger than everyone else. You'll go up. Uh, New Zealand used to be like yeah. that. At, uh, for various reasons, it changed in Auckland and North Harbour a bit, just because some they just found it more fitting to run it by weight categories because age didn't necessarily matter anymore. Well, yeah, it wasn't quite even across the board, and you ended up with. Some larger, much larger kids playing against some real scrawny little pockets. Yeah. <laughs> also, what I found interesting, over here, no matter what age you are, you play with rugby boots. In South Africa, you don't play with rugby boots till you're in high school. Yeah, if you're playing, that's if you're playing club rugby, you play in boots. But if you're playing, because I went to a private school when I was like year five. And they do little like Wednesday afternoon games against each other and stuff, or little Ponzi private schools and some of the inner city sort of intermediates. <clears throat> and they're all, that's all bare feet midweek stuff and all the zone days of bare feet stuff until like year eight in Auckland, which is also partially because there's a lot of people that can't afford boots. Yeah. A lot of good, a lot of good things out there though, because New Zealand's just rugby mad. Every rugby club always does like a Drop off your old boots so we can pull it together for other kids next year, which is it's a pretty dope, dope thing. Yeah, I mean, so I think South Africa is just the mad population, man. Yeah, like rugby is the number one sport there for sure. Like, no doubt about it. Everyone's rugby mad. You guys just have so many people. You guys get to play. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or football, <clears throat> but like I, I. I just found it weird because obviously I didn't know, you know, what it was like. When you, you were saying earlier, just before you moved to New Zealand, you were like, oh, I've got everything planned out. I know what I'm going to do. So what did you sort of dream of? Like, you had three years left at school, I guess. And then what was what was yeah. going to be, at that stage, what was going to be next? A um, scholarship to go to one of the biggest rugby schools in South Africa. Great college, you know. If you looked them up, biggest rugby school, most Springboks came out of that the college and that was my dream back in South Africa. I wanted to be a rugby player and then retire and become a, a park ranger at the Kruger National Park, you know, just go drive people around, talk about animals <laughs> and you know, like live live a real like chill lifestyle. Mm. You know, play play a sport that I love beat and yourself then, up. Put yourself up for a few years yeah. and then And then just gotta look at animals every day for the rest of my life. Not even just possums and 
No, like lies, droughts, <laughs> and you know, the good stuff. Um, and like that's still my favorite place uh, in this whole world. I'd love to go back, and I'd love to take all of you so guys back. Out back Africa. Yeah. I'm a bit of a safari. It, it's it's honestly the best. Um, and you know, so I was on that waiting list, and also, um, after I played that provincial year with the Falco, who I was playing with. The Bulls, so the Blue Bulls, you know, they're playing the Super Rugby. They, their under sixteen coach encountered me and you know came came to me and asked me if I wanted to play for them the year after, and then stay with them on you know through my years and make it to the big leagues, which I was really keen on doing because my uncle, you know, like I said, he, he you know he's a very wealthy man, and yeah. you know he as soon as I lived with them, the day I got moved in with them. He took me to the gym he went to, and he got me a personal trainer. And you know, he sat me down and asked me what my goals were. And I, you know, said I'm just what I said to you before. And I started working towards that. So I played provincial rugby under his care. You know, he mm. he pushed me to that limit. And you know, I was having a, you know a whole thing just set out for me, and it, uh, it kind of just got taken away. And then, boom, land in New Zealand. Yeah, and I... School, what, what changed? What was the biggest change? I let myself you? go. You let yourself go? Yeah, I was in really good shape and fitness-wise in South Africa. And then, as soon as I got here, I was a little de- depressed man. And, you know, I was in a, a different country, you know, where English is the first language, and my English was not so great. <laughs> where did um, you go? Yeah, I left all my I left all my my mates and my family back in SA. I had to come live here with my mum, my stepdad, and you know my step siblings, and it was just too different. You know, I was I was out pulled out of my comfort zone, and I just went down the dumps and gained weight like mad, and you know I was mute for a couple months, and you know didn't talk to anyone. And what was the catalyst for a bit of change in that? Like, was it just playing rugby again at school or? No, I kind of, you know, I went through a transition period where I was like, you know, it ain't that bad. You know, I don't have to. I can walk in the, in the middle of the street at night and not, you know, look over my shoulder the whole time. And, you know, kind of just that realization of I'm actually a lot safer here is what, you know, kind of made me think, okay, I should probably make the best out of it. Yeah. And also, you know, knowing that I don't really have a choice and I can't really go back to South Africa you know, made me think, oh, you know, I might as well just try and, you know, make the most of it, make the most of it and do something I want. And, um, yeah, playing rugby was great. You know, a lot of people at school didn't think I was going to be good at rugby. They're like, oh, you're from South Africa, you know, blah, blah, blah. and, uh, well, I guess it was, when was that? That would have been around yeah, 2011. Oh, 20, that was, I landed here in 2016, so just oh, after the, the 2015 Rugby World Cup. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so we got we got big crowd, but so, I mean, that period between like 2011 and 2017 was pretty. Until we fucked up that Lions tour, the All Blacks were looking pretty bloody good. Yeah, for sure. That whole time, I can understand why there are a few cocky New Zealanders. <laughs> a few. I, I mean, it was like the same way like, you guys were after. I mean, you were a bit young, but after the two thousand seven World Cup, man, we never heard the end of any of that trash. Yeah, and you're not gonna end, you know, hear the end of any of the after you know the last World Cup. I mean, 
but no, it was uh, it was great. I surprised a lot of people. I surprised myself, to be honest. You know, I I was used to playing rugby with a bit more, you know, fitness type base, and now I was only playing like twenty minute hits, you know. But it was great, you know. A mighty Oriel College. Yeah, I broke my hand in the first ever game. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. I, we played the Canadian team, so uh, the Canadian team came from obviously yeah, Canada. Yeah. And uh, they had this big dude, bro. Like, he was massive. Like, he was, I think he said he was, like, 19 or 20 years old. Yeah. Yeah, man. He had played with a full-grown beard. Like, I'm pretty sure there's still photos out there of him, you know, on my my Facebook page. And um, he stepped on my hand in a ruck. Oh, man. And I didn't realize I broke my hand then. And I kept playing three more weeks after that game with a broken hand. and, And then... Um, I think Mr. McCarthy, um, is that his name? Mecca? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he came to me and he said, no, you can't hold the ball anymore. I think you should probably go get your hand checked out. And my hand was swollen and blue and I couldn't write anymore and I couldn't catch a ball and I couldn't hold it. And I was like, oh, okay, I should go check it out. And I went to A&E and it turns out I broke my, my thumb in three places and, like, ruined all the ligaments in there. How long was that cast? Oh, that cast is like six months. Yeah, so, so it was, was like, your rugby season over. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I actually kind of went weird because I had the cast for about I think two months, and um, I cut it off myself. Went nah, so I went back to A and E because I got hiding from my mum. Went back to A and E, put another. They put another one on. There was no, there was no operation, you know. They just said, you know, kind of just got to heal it, and so they put me in a cast. Went back, put me in another cast after I got the first one off. And when they took that one off, they put me in this little plastic thing, you know, by hands on. They put me in this little plastic oh, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, at that point, now we were like, you know, past half the season already, and I was urging to get on there. You know, I was only videoing the, you know, first fifteen, you know, games and. Getting really annoyed because I can't play, and you know that was also a catalyst for me getting so overweight. Because then I couldn't play rugby anymore, and mm-hmm. and uh, I then decided, you know, I went to training one day and I decided, oh well, fuck it, I'm gonna take this thing off and I'm gonna go play. It is what it is, and I kind of just the first couple of games were sore. Yeah, I'll give it. You know, it was a bit of adjustment, and I was, you know, even fatter than I, you know, was in that first. In that first game, and I was a lot unfitter than I was. But I tell you what, it was great. It was a oh, great game. Was good fun, yeah, it? I real I soon quick like you know quickly realized I had a lot more weight to throw around. And I was always a grunt player, really, really physical player. And then I realized like, oh, more weight to throw into this grunt. Buffing into these exactly, people. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and you know I was a lot shorter than you know some of the big boys but still it was great i was like come at me man last into gravity and all that exactly man and it it was it was the greatest thing to you know see these people realize oh we can't stop the short fat man (laughs) because most people don't realize how quick i am either so that catches them by surprise as well you know i'm a a big boy but i can i've got wheels to go with it yeah got wheels to go with that dump truck exactly right exactly so it was great. It was good times. And then when you're coming at the end of the high school sort of time, any idea 
What was now now your big plan obviously changed? Yeah, I had no idea what I was doing in my life. So I left just like just after the ball in year twelve. Left school. Oh, did you not do year thirteen? No, I didn't even finish year twelve. I just left. Um started a started working for a, a little ceiling company. Doing um, what, like suspended tile ceilings? Or yeah, um, yeah, doing all that sort of ceiling. So any ceilings they did, they was a they were a pretty big company. So I did all the suspended ceilings in like an almost in you know high school and uh, all the all the new houses in Riverhead. Yeah. I put all the ceilings in and the Toyota and um, Walkworth. I did all the ceilings for them as well. So I was all over the place just doing ceilings, and then I was subcontracting for them for like six months. And then I went full-time with them, and just before my 90-day period ended, they let me go. So they, they kind of used me for a bit, and then they promised me a lot of stuff, like an apprenticeship and all that. And then they were like, nah. See you later. See you later. And um, I then just went on to do, you know, for me, what I see as meaningless jobs just for money, because I left school to help my parents out, you know. They went through yeah. a little bit of hardship. I left school, thought, you know, I'm going to try and make things better and earn some money and give it to them. And, you know, so I was always just chasing the money. You know, I was like, I'll take any job, no matter what it is, um, just for some money. No matter what it is? Um, there was a bit of... A, <laughs> a bit of requirements. I'm not, I'm not, you know, that loose, but... But pretty loose. Yeah, pretty loose, but not that loose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a flexible man. <laughs> you are. I'm a very flexible man as well, yeah. But, and then, yeah, I was just taking jobs left, right, and center, you know. I was painting roads. I was a little stop-and-go lollipop man. Lollipop man. Um, painting roads. I started painting houses as well. And then... Paintings. Oh, paintings Paintings a job, for sure. Yeah. Something people do to get paid without a doubt. Yeah, I I hated every minute of it. Painting the roads was great until I realised I was very underpaid for, you know, my role because I was there for, like, two years and I felt very underpaid. I had a lot of responsibility and no, you know, um, what do you call it? No, no show for it. Yeah, you know my title didn't change in the two years I was there. My pay didn't change. All that changed was my responsibilities went up and up and up, and nothing changed. So I went from that to digging and fixing roads. So from painting them to digging them up and fixing them, and yeah, it was just a mixture. Man, I was never happy at work. I was always, you know, an angry man. What did you know? What you were sort of looking for though, or were you just sort of jumping till you found? I was kind of just jumping, man. I took everything I could, you know, with open arms and said, I'll try it. And if it doesn't work out, I'll try the next thing. And I just kept, you know, going, get rolling off the punches. And and then you just magically. Yeah. So I always loved cars. Yeah. You know, always loved cars. And my stepdad was a big, you know, catalyst in that. You know, he, he taught me how to, you know, fix cars and work on cars and then, you know, as I was working these other jobs, I kept on fixing cars with my stepbrother and my cousin. And, uh, you know, always a car fan, always looking at cars, always went to car shows and stuff. And I kind of made a joke um, when you know, we were fixing James's car and <clears throat> my mate, who's a mechanic, she came over to kind of give us a hand. I was like, yeah, you yeah. know, uh, you need any apprentices where you're at? <laughs> and, you know, she was like, 
oh, I don't know, you know, I'll see. And I was kind of just joking with her and I shot off to rugby practice. And then the ne- that next day, I, you know, <laughs> next day. <the> next day, <laughs> uh, I came, I came back home and, you know, I was uh, just chilling at home, watching a bit of TikTok and whatnot. And uh, she messaged me and said, oh, here's an email. Um, here's this in through your CV and uh, we'll see what happens. And I sent through my CV. Uh, man, that was probably, I sent that probably through at six o'clock, eight o'clock that night. I got an email back saying, hey, sounds good. Let's set up a meeting here, 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 blah, blah, blah. I went there, did the meeting, did the interview, uh, waited a week, didn't hear from them. And then I went back for a, like a little callback meeting type thing. And I had another meeting with them and they asked me more intense questions and a little bit more about myself, you know. We yeah. spent we spent like you know probably twenty minutes just talking about me and what I you know what I like to do and stuff like that. Yeah. And the very next day, I was parked up at a little church in Red Beach, and I was cutting the grass just outside of it. That's because yeah. I was a lawnmower man. Yeah, mower man as well. And then I got a call, and they said, "Sweet, you got the job. When can you start?" So I said, "Hold up, I'll call you back." I called my boss and said, "Sweet man." Um, I hereby resign and then sent him an email with my resignation. And <laughs> two weeks later, you were two under weeks, the bonnet. Two weeks later, I was under the bonnet and, you know, living life. And, uh, man, I normally about a month and I'm, you know, like, fuck this job. I hate it. I don't want to do it, but I have to for money and this and that. Man, I've been with this company for, you know, doing this job and working with on cars for the last six months and i just want to go back yeah you know obviously when i got injured over christmas time i was gutted everyone was like oh now you get your holiday and i was like i don't want a holiday man i want to go work yeah i want to go work on cars man i just started this job i want to go through with it i want to do it you know yeah so i'm pretty pretty happy with how it's turned out very happy with how it's turned out as it stays it definitely has. Its <laughs> I'll tell you what, the job, the job's fun. It's, you know, just like anything, it's got its ups and downs, you know, the job's yeah. great, but you know, it's one of those, you know, some of those days where you wake up and you're like, I'm just not in the mood for anything, you know, and then you've got to deal with customers and, you know, deal with this and that. And just, you just have those days, but uh, I can't blame the job for any of that. The job's great. Yeah. I mean, cars can be, Difficult. Difficult to say the least. I've watched you <laughs> fix a few cars. Yeah. And oh, it's painful. It is painful. For you and me. Yeah. I feel like it's a bit more a bit more painful for whoever watches. <laughs> you know, At least you know how it's going wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's quite funny because, you know, the guys at the workshop, they, they laugh at me all the time because they, all they hear for like an hour straight is just me swearing under this car, going ham and, you know, stuff flying everywhere, tools getting, you know, bashed and whatever. And then they come over and they're like, you're And I'm like, yeah, everything's great, man. I fixed it. <laughs> and they have no idea why I was swearing and what was going on. So I can just <laughs> imagine how it looks, you know, like for me, obviously I know what's going on. And if you can just hear people swearing under a car, you don't know what the hell's going on. So yeah. it must be a bit, bit more worrying to watch than to do. And what are you, what are you doing in your spare time? My, my spare time, I kind of just play 2K. Um, watch a lot of movies and I try and spend as much time with, you know, Larissa as I can. Um, and also my, you know, you guys, my mates. Yeah. 
you know, I'm here as much as I can be. So you're just, what, just working a bit and then just living life? Yeah, yeah. So, well, what do you reckon, like, the stuff you're doing for fun and, and at work and stuff, how do you think that's impacting your life, first of all? But how do you think that could help you have an impactful life? Um, the impact in my life in the sense of I was always angry and always on edge because I didn't enjoy what I was doing. So I was always having bad days. Yeah. And therefore it made me a very negative person. And I strive of being positive, you know. I yeah. want nothing but positivity. So this job <clears throat> changed me in the sense of I'm a lot more positive and a lot more happy and a lot more open, you yeah. know. And the way I think it can help me have an impactful life is, man, everyone has a car. Everyone has problems yeah. everyone has you know stuff and especially you know mates um you know that don't know that much about cars man if there's anything that's wrong with it you know i'm the guy to call just call me and i can have a look it's easy that way and you know it might be something small but in the long run it could save a lot of people a lot of money and a lot of time as well and a, a lot of stress as well you know yeah and you know i don't want to just stay a mechanic or you know or stay as a you know, mechanic working under someone, you know, my whole life, uh, I want to open my own business and build four-wheel drives. That's what my next dream is. That's what I want to go do is just build four-wheel drives. You know, there's talk of maybe moving to Aussie and, you know, setting up shop for a couple of years, make some make some bank and come back and yeah. retire. Or, you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of ways this could take me. So, you know, that's, that's cool. And that's kind of what I'm aiming for. And uh, if you could say one thing that could change one person's life, what would that be? Take every shot you can. Everyone knows the saying, uh, you know, all the shots you don't take is shots that's missed. Yeah. You know, so take as much shots as you can and hope for the best. You know, just keep moving forward. Take everything. Do everything. Try everything once. Yeah, man. You don't know what's there for you and you don't know what's right for you. Well, try it. You'll find out soon enough.